Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, Wayfarers! During your recent conversations on Far Cry 5, it got me thinking about the marketing of the game and how it should be an entirely different game than what the developers ultimately made. This reminded me of the same thing that happened with Halo 5 and, well, the hunt the truth marketing endeavor. In the latter's case, they actively were telling a story meant to be set in the Halo universe that ties in with the game through a podcast series, the ads featuring Master Chief and Locke, the other material, and messaging they put out. It seems like marketers and ad people are telling better and more interesting stories and presenting what would be more enticing games than what's actually made. In fact, the stories and ideas presented can be bolder, more interesting, or dramatic, and have greater impact than the games they're meant to sell. Why, if both the ads and the games have to be uh, you know, approved by a publisher, are the ads getting to take greater risks in the stories that they tell? That comes from our reader slash listener, Greg and Helsinki, and that is going to be the topic of Waypoint Radio, episode 149. I am Danielle Riendo, and of course, joining me here today are Rob Zachney. Hello, hello. Patrick Klepik. Are you sure you don't want the new the, the story to be about five people arrested after turning an abandoned Toys R Us into a massive rave? Oh no, wait, what? Hashtag free the ravers. <laughs> that was Austin Walker, but wait, wait, we need to hear about this. Also, they're making a new this. Bioshock, according to Jason Schreier. Yeah, he just yeah. drops that in that piece. Which, that's, like, not, that's not news. Like, that game has been developed for, like, like six no, years. But it's funny to, like, suddenly have a code name for it. Yes. <laughs> Wait, what's the code name for? I have missed that. All right, we got Park, a breaking Parkside. news bulletin. Parkside. Parkside is Parkside. the name of it. Okay. Uh, there's a Jason Schreier over at Kotaku just ran a long article on the kind of arc of of Hangar 13 uh, in the time since Mafia 3 uh, and how morale is really low and how they've been kind of moved from pro- or how projects have changed dramatically there. And part of it is like them being one of the one of his sources basically saying like we kept looking across the, the hallway basically at this other studio that we're next to. And they're like working on whatever the follow up to buy Bi- was rumored to be the follow up to Bioshock in the Bioshock series and just kind of being like well why can't we be working on a cool thing instead <laughs> wow. of the thing we're working on so so then those then hangar 13 went to a toys r us and then they turned it right. into a rave you're right they're wow. like you know what's gonna get our, our spirits up fucking a rave in toys r us <laughs> a, a rave in the barbie aisle that sounds awesome and i'm yeah. not like i'm not, not really a, into right. rave but like i'm willing to make an exception to carve it out i'll bring my kid <laughs> yeah yeah she can play with whatever toys, and you can play with the great music. And oh, whatever, whatever, man. She eats so much shit off, off the ground before I catch <laughs> it that she might as well have eaten drugs at this point. It's fine. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, uh, sometimes anyway. the stories of what game developers do are better than the stories of games <laughs> themselves. So we brought it right back around. Totally. I mean, uh, like, Mafia 3 is 
is kind of interestingly part of of this yeah. uh, phenomenon, right? Like Mafia Three, all the ads, all of the commercials, all of the E three booths that were made to look like uh, New Orleans, the really, yeah. <laughs> really focus on the heavy narrative elements of that game that are all great, right? Like um, it is, it is, you know, a lie by omission, but in some sense, like the ads did not include all of the times that you had to go through and destroy stuff so that you could then eventually maybe unlock the actual mission or like the pre-mission then you could do the pre-mission and then you could get to the real mission i happen to like all that stuff and so it didn't it didn't bum me out but i know a lot of people felt like what they were signing up for was something a little more cinematic uh and a little more focused and instead they got this thing that kind of had a lot of grinding in it and a lot of like side activities that people didn't really want to do and a lot you know, of chores right yeah, a lot lincoln, of chores lincoln had to do a lot of chores <laughs> before you kill the mob lord true. you gotta do your chores <laughs> That's true. Um, so yeah, I think vegetables. <laughs> that's like a classic, very broad example, and not as as kind of uh, high concept maybe as the ones that I'm sorry. Who's the what was the name of the person who wrote the? Greg. Uh, it's Greg, Greg and Helsinki. Yeah, as Helsinki Greg's uh, ones that that involve kind of bigger marketing plays, but but you yeah, know we I think tied it in though. Yeah, yeah, that sort of it's that fit. sort of play is kind of the standard. Is like, hey, we're going to show you the best parts of this game and uh, leave out the bits where you're going to be like, I can't believe I have to do this for the next thirty minutes. <laughs> True, 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 true. Um, I guess it all started here. Well, not it all started here, obviously, but uh, Greg was was uh, inspired by the Far Cry Five stuff, which is interesting. Sure. We've talked about that quite a bit about how it was it was you know sort of positing this really interesting sort of post-Trump war you know uh, worldview and having you know some interesting politics and actually you know saying something so on and so forth. Uh, the thing that kind of struck me the most out of all of that was that they, you know, uh, especially Austin, when you talk to the cult expert uh, mm-hmm. who had all these interesting things to say about cults and deprogramming and how, you know, sort of false and overdramatized everything was uh, <sighs> in sort of in the popular media. And then they did exactly the, you know, boring trite thing yeah. in the game itself, which is like, wh- why did you hire them? <laughs> like, right, right. Why, why bother? Think about how much, <laughs> think about how much worse it would have been if they didn't, I guess, you know, <laughs> I they didn't have those true. experts. Um, yeah. You know, I think the thing that's interesting with Far Cry 2, with Far Cry 5, uh, also, uh, Far Cry is, yeah. Far Cry 2, um, is that the initial run of, of uh, kind of marketing outreach, whether that was, I mean, I, I think there's, there's, it's kind of a, a fine line to draw between marketing and PR, um, an important one, because sure. like when PR puts together a, a presentation for us, they see it as a sort of like indirect marketing, obviously, right? The, the hope is that we go back and write previews and talk on podcasts about the game. But there's also marketing where like a marketing team can craft an entire messaging campaign, sometimes using kind of creatives, uh, kind of a expert ad ad people from outside of the studio itself uh, either provided by the publisher or through an outside agency to craft a message that gets at some core ideas around something that has to do with the game uh, and, yeah. and kind of hits a um, uh, hits a uh, some degree of like it communicates something about the the themes of the game or the feel or the vibe or something um, and those two things are are importantly distinct in terms of how they operate um, because they're hitting different audiences like the the reason that I I really want to hold. Uh, Ubisoft PR to task for for the opening pitches is because like yo you're talking to people who are going to touch this game who are going to play this game and who understand that stuff directly. Marketing campaigns are often for like whoever turns on the NBA finals, right? right. And like oh that's not, yeah I haven't played Call of Duty in five years. This one seems dope. Like all right I'm in. Versus someone who's like oh we're going to represent to you the actual experience of playing the game. 
Um, and so when that those initial pitches for Far Cry 5 hit, they were, you know, I'll stand by everything I fucking wrote about that game. You know, we we signed NDAs because there was shit that they were worried that we would report on because it was too it was too serious. It would get their sources in trouble, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Right. That, that stuff has been reported by Ars Technica, by Polygon, um, that like you there's stuff that today I am still not able to talk about regarding that initial Far Cry 5 pitch and how hard they pushed that it was about militias, um, yeah. which is very frustrating. But so it goes um and and i think that that's an interesting thing because what ends up happening is if you actually track the far cry 5 arc eventually their marketing material pivoted really hard away from that after a really kind of suspenseful intense opening kind of teaser trailer uh and 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 kind of reveal trailer it eventually became like far cry 5 you're blowing up shit with your buddies and that was a much more honest take on what that game was and i think if they had shown that they'd gone out that route to begin with um you would have seen a lot of different coverage coming out of that initial event so you know so it goes yeah that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I know, Rob, you had mentioned we were kind of chatting about this, that Dead Island trailer, uh, which oh, is like a famous God. example of this. Do you want to set that well, up a tiny bit? Yeah, I mean, to be clear, the trailer sucked, too. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, I, lo- oh, I love, no, I fuck love the, no, that No, fuck trailer. that manipulative garbage. Like, <laughs> That's that was exactly the most... why it's good. <laughs> oh, my God. But, I mean, it was what was amazing is that, like, so if you remember, Dead Island... Let's talk about what Dead Island was, right? Uh, <laughs> Dead right, Island... Yes. Yeah. Dead Island was basically a like zombie survival game set in a tropical paradise. Uh, I think it was from the team that went on to do Dying Light, uh, but it was in much more of this like Far Cry 3 raucous, like it's spring break and oh shit, there's zombies and like the tourists are getting eaten by zombies. Uh, and the game itself is very like, uh, you know, trying to be lighthearted and funny about the entire thing. Funny in this case means leaning I, yeah. a lot on racial stereotypes, uh-huh. uh, yeah. but like right. that was the direction it was going. It's like we're being irreverent uh, with the with the, with zombie movie tropes. But the trailer for this thing was this like uh, you know like uh, quote like haunting right uh, trailer about this. Uh, you see this little girl like uh, basically like having like lying dead in the street, and then slowly over this like sad like piano uh, piano. Uh, uh, like solo, uh, the entire trailer plays backwards, and you see like her go from being a zombie to like uh, you know a little girl on vacation with her family as they're trying to flee the zombies, and all the way back to the start of their vacation. And it's like, oh, this is sad. This is like there's a lot of pathos into this thing. Embarrassingly, a lot of people like bit down hard on this. Like a lot of people are like, oh, this is just. What a masterpiece of a trailer! <laughs> what a bold, what a Listen, bold decision to murder like a child. Plays the scientist. And I, think might, that I think you video. might be over. Scientist. I think you might be overstating people's reactions. They were like, "It's just an effective trailer," and I hope this game actually <laughs> finds this emotional like bit like at the end of the, like it's a master like oh come on like you're being a little bit no dude i swear to god let's there is a wikipedia entry for this announcement trailer <laughs> by itself which is very few things get that much of a response and when it comes to just straight up marketing material <laughs> yeah. um god. I'll read from the Wikipedia, which, you know, obviously Wikipedia, most trusted source in America, uh, says, uh, upon its release on February 16, 2011, the trailer sparked public interest, and the community reaction led Techland to adjust the content of the actual game, what? which I didn't know that that was true. I didn't know that either. 
I also, if 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 that is the case, um, like uh, mission failed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I exactly. like that game a lot. That game has a tremendously good combat system that kept me like going in a game that is otherwise like fairly uh, average. Good combat, right? But this is a good example of the thing I was talking about before, which is that trailers like that are not always – they don't emerge from the the dev team, right? And they don't necessarily reflect what the game is because there is a, just a degree of separation there, right? So like in this case, that, that, um, that specific – uh, trailer was made by uh, Axis Animation uh, in Glasgow. Uh, Glasgow, Glasgow. I always Glasgow. say that wrong. Glasgow. Um, and, and again, here's a here's a quote. Um, uh, according to Stuart a- uh, uh, Aitken, Axis man- Axis's managing director and technical director, and the director of the trailer, Deep Silver gave the team a lot of creative freedom and flexibility in creating the trailer, allowing them to create their own characters instead of using the in-game pr- protagonists. Deep Silver had given them a script and general idea uh, for them to follow, and the team expanded upon. In order to make the trailer feel non-linear and focused, the team decided to narrow the focuses the 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 trailer's location to only a single hotel room. Uh, Deep Silver wanted the trailer to have some exterior environment. As a result, the team added a segment which was a daughter falling through the hotel window. In the process, audiences can glimpse the island setting. And it's just like I love the idea of these things as being constant. Um, kind of negotiations back and forth. It's like, this is a very good trailer. People can't see how pretty the island is. Could you, like, figure out a... We'll throw her out the window. Don't even worry about it. We got I just, you. I just love what they clearly got from the pitch was like, okay, island, vacation. You know what would be really sad? If you died on vacation. Okay, great, go. Like, <laughs> You know, it would be sad to die on vacation for what it's worth. No, I know. It's just like, that's where they got like, oh, hey, go on vacation and kill zombies. It's like, right. yeah, but what if, man? What if? <laughs> I, I just, I, I love that whole thing. I love the whole kind of example. Well, and also, and- Dead Island. Sorry, I'll, I'll be super quick on this one. Dead Island, famously, I think it was Dead Island 2. They got into hot water, the... Uh, <laughs> The te- whatever the team was that did the sort of uh, collectible figurine that yeah. was uh, half of a woman's torso a figurine is by too a shark small. or whatever. It was like a statuette. Yeah, it <laughs> it's <Yeah>. a statue. <laughs> it's like a major a award. torso zombie. Like a woman's like torso with boobs in a bikini. Oh, right. That and like that, that's the other thing. Torn. The torso was brutally mangled. Yes. But the boobs yes. were perfect. The boobs like, were it, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was just gross on on many it's, levels. It was a lot. Yeah. Well, and and so I like Greg's question wasn't just like, oh, hey, what are some times this happened, right? It was like, why do marketing, why do why do marketing attempts like this get to be uh, more interesting sometimes than the games themselves when it comes to things like tone and theme and stuff? I'm curious what, what yeah. y'all think about this this case. Like, why does Dead Island look like Dead Island in terms of its tone, and the Dead Island trailer look like this? Look like this other kind of more, you know, uh, you can imagine this the, a real life version of this being a trailer for. Or a like a horror movie that crosses over a little bit into like prestige. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe like a maybe not like a twenty eight days later, but a, yeah, yeah, like a let me yeah. in or like a something like that, right? Um, Ghost story. So why do you think that it, that that's the case? That like the marketing team goes this route while the game is going this other route? Well, it's because they don't talk to each other. Like this is like very specifically how. <laughs> no, I mean that's not a joke. Like nine, nine, yeah, like yeah. It, the vast majority of development teams have absolutely no control, no influence over the marketing and the. It's because their uh, their aims are different, right? Like if you take mm-hmm. de- game development in the purest form, 
and and I think you know the vast majority of developers like approach the games they make in this way is like they want to make a good game, right? Like they want the game to sell, they want it to be appealing, um, right. but like they are you know trying to achieve whatever goal it is that in, in to make the game that they they set out to do. The marketing team is judged on vastly different metrics, which is how <laughs> that game is sold. And so Getting attention, yeah. If and, and, uh, yeah. you know the Dead Island team did their job, like they were hugely successful, and they may have sold a misleading game. But uh, they – that's not – if that got people interested, if the video blew up, if it made its own Wikipedia entry, if that led to any more any more sales, the team did their job. Now, granted, you know, it's it's better when that stuff works in sync because it feels like it's not misleading. Like famously, go back to the 90s. You know, look at Final Fantasy VII's uh, trailer, like a completely computer-generated uh, pitch on what the, the story of this game is, which is not untrue in the sense that that game has lots of cutscenes that look similar to the trailer that you would watch. It was on TV, but that is not how the game looks. No. The game is like very flat shaded, uh, polygons. And, uh, there, so, you know, when I've talked to developers that work on big AAA games, uh, uh, you know, games that have come out, you know, are coming out right now, like there's just not a lot of communication between the two. Like maybe they get a chance to like look over that stuff and, if something is particularly egregious, they could have input. But the idea that they have influence is, by and large, just not the case. And so, right. yeah, by, but by the, virtue. I think the question is speaking to like, why is the thing they do have control over so often so fucking boring compared to the thing that was marketed? Like, it, I mean, the, objective, scope, <laughs> the, scope, the scope is smaller. You're making a, a game over five years in which it's so easy for things to get fucked up and wrong and go in different directions and compromises and, and things that don't work out. Whereas, like, hey, Make like a, a sad CG trailer that's 45 <laughs> seconds long. Like that's a pretty manageable project. It's a lot harder for that thing to go out of control or go wrong just because the amount that goes into it, the time it takes to produce it is so much more compressed. It's just a, there, it's, it's, it's a matter of scope. Is there also a, a, a kind of maybe not cynical but a critical uh, response here, which is like – it turns out that the thing the when you're when you're putting on uh, when you're putting a commercial on TV or on an award show or wherever it is to to appeal to the widest uh, variety of players and and potential consumers you are building something for an audience that will respond to something like this but like as a game does the game that strikes this tone actually sell the numbers that that island needed to sell to recoup? Do you know what I mean? Is yeah, the is the kind not. of like yeah. morose and I mean I don't know maybe la- you know maybe the Last of Us is proof that you can do that right? Like, the Last of Us sold pretty well, um, so so maybe. But like I I the part of me is skeptical that the game that followed that the game that felt like Dead Island or that played like Dead Island, but that was just this kind of like dreary and tragic thing would have actually or or maybe it's not even that would it have, but it feels like that studio was not interested in making that game or didn't think that that game would have done well. They they did want to do their jokes about like super drunk Russian tourists uh, constantly, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I wonder 
if it's it's the perception that okay to do a prestige game you need a prestige budget that sort of mm. thing like last of us has a uh, right, had a right, massive obviously right. massive massive budget and had the backing of sony whereas something like dead island i i have no idea what the actual budget is but i can't imagine that it's as much as the last right of us it comes one. from Techland, who at the right. time we everyone was fond of saying well is it going to be good Techland or bad Techland? which Techland are we getting um and i you know i i enjoyed my time with that i didn't finish that game but i enjoyed it um i will yeah. briefly speak to rob's claim that this was a, a well-received uh, trailer. Uh, no, 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 no. Don't misrepresent what I said. I uh-huh. at, no, at no point made, was saying that it wasn't well-received or well-liked or, like, made a point. My idea was that, like, saying that it was, like, it's a masterpiece and, like, this um, is, like, the, the pinnacle of gaming. And also, mm, it does not undercut that point if you can find some bullshit headline that does make that argument. It's not headlines, it's quotes. Uh, first uh, of all, it did, oh a, it did a million, it did, uh, you know, more than a million people uh, viewed it in within the first week where Deep Silver thought it would be 100,000. Here are some quotes. Uh, Keith Sort uh, from The Guardian at the time uh, said that it successfully delivered an effective and emotive experience. That's that's pretty. That's okay. pretty mild. Yeah, it did. Uh, Mike Fahey from Kotaku said it was heartbreaking uh, and thought that it would be amazing if Techland was able to incorporate these emotional elements in the actual game. Uh, also Fair. good. Also Fair. good. Jason Schreier said that uh, the trailer had successfully made a saturated genre feel fresh again. Um, I, I think that's probably pushing it a little bit. Uh, and I, I just, I think that the fact that we got like multiple articles about how good this trailer was does speak to at the time. It totally felt like everyone was just fucking devouring this that is, thing. What, 2012? 2011. 2011. Okay. Yeah. It also Which, speaks to the fact that like games, that, that's a lot of those games are press. like, no, 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 less that is, I mean, yes, like prone to hyperbole, like I'm, I'm as guilty of that as anyone. Um, but, uh, especially when you got right posts every day. You find yeah, 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 that's, that's what I was gesturing it. towards, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think underlying that is also, and this still remains true, but definitely go back, you know, to 2011, like, hoping that a game, like, people desperate for a game to speak to something like that. Right, right. Uh, you end up gravitate, you just end up grasping on anything and being like, yes, this, uh, they're and then doing you kind it. Of, right, right. You're making the game that I, yes, you can make horror that's also affecting, uh, you know, doing anything yeah. well, that is emotional or or, or uh, heartfelt, and, you know, God, it makes that's sense how Heavy Rain even happened. I feel like I, I remember when Heavy Rain came out, people talking about like, "Oh my God, no game has ever done this before." This emotional. <laughs> well, I was guilty of it. I was too. I mean, like, I I I thought some of it obviously was pretty goofy, but some of it I was like, "Wow, this." Wow, man. And now look at that fucking game. Like, Well, yeah, but actually, but that game, like, I don't think Heavy Rain, like, Heavy Rain actually does kind of at least try to do what it says on the box, right? Like, there are long true. sequences right. of, like, you trying to make a shitty single dad dinner for your son who hates that you. That is true. That's uh, true. And, like, there's a long sequence where it's like, well, I guess I'll just go stand in the backyard in the heavy rain and <laughs> shoot some hoops before my son is abducted tomorrow. Uh, that is, like, that's kind of what this game is trying trying to do but i think the dynamic of trying to put something out there that suggests like ah here are here's what we want to evoke here's what this game is going to be attempting to do that really hasn't changed right like this dead island thing is fundamentally i think not that different from what happened with far cry 5 in some ways right where it's like far cry 5 opens with this like we're gonna get into some real shit here militias cults they are not they are not a joking matter like we're going to you can't ever tell people about this because like real lives are at stake damn it and then you get the game and it's like why don't you send your good good dog to go fuck up that like you know <laughs> that, that yeah. cultist uh who's you know breathed the you know 
chaos bliss, fumes or whatever. I don't bliss, know. Thank yeah. you, Rob. Yeah. Oh, right. So I just shot bliss. by bliss bullets. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I feel like that dynamic is just really bulletproof in a lot of ways because it is easy i mean movies aren't really that different uh it is easy to like put out the equivalent of a mood board and get people to read something into it than it is to sustain it movies are different because by and large by and large not everything but by and large movie trailers are at least comprised of movie footage uh and that doesn't mean you can't fuck with that like Mm -hmm. lots of people went to see marley and me thinking it was a different movie than what it was um but like you and and there are great recuts you know obviously if you've seen like the shining recut trailer to make it look like a a, romantic comedy one or or a father-son you know bonding you know thing whatever it is like that's a a pretty common thing you can totally edit your way into into kind of a a mismatched thing but games often launch with or or, or are revealed with teaser trailers with cg with cg trailers um and sometimes you can see that someone does like a really decent job i really loved all of the star wars um the old the old republic uh trailers which none of which used in-game footage because that game looked like like it's an mmo (laughs) it's an mmo like it didn't look great and instead they so instead they did those really cinematic trailers that i think were made by the cg house called blur but when you go back and look at them after having played that game for a hundred hours or whatever i fucking put into it um you actually see like oh that's that ability being used i remember that ability i remember that you know that fight like i remember how these character classes work together and they actually do manage to communicate some of that stuff and also, they make it look like a high-end, like, CG Star Wars movie. So, like, they're absolutely selling you something you don't get in that game. But there there can be ways to, to kind of play in that space without going all the way towards Far Cry 5, right? Um, yeah, but I think like, more I, importantly, I've... it's just like, oh, oh, yeah, you can show the game. When you show the game versus showing, like, pre-rendered... Uh, um, uh, what's the what's the phrase that I'm looking for? CGI. A target renders yes. uh, like specifically. Like, here's what we want this game to be. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. That yeah. stuff is always the worst because like that game is not. You've no idea if you're going to stick the landing on this at that point. Uh, I like. I was thinking one of the ones that uh, I've always liked the, the Microsoft's approach to Halo's marketing. Actually, mm-hmm. like the like those uh, trailers they've done for a lot of the the Halo games where it's like the uh not claymation but like you know they like set up like a battlefield they like slowly pan like diorama over. style the diorama yeah. yeah and like it uh i've always thought that like it's it's not misleading um it's not showing the game but it, it definitely i have found like like conveys like a sense of like the the chaos and and like the different like ways like battles play out in in those games like and i always found them to be like uh, trying to convey, I mean, because th- that game does have a story it's trying to tell that is like, ha- you know, trying to be emotional to to some degree, like whatever you think of the effectiveness of it. And but I've always I've always thought they look really cool, and also they don't seem deceptive to the game that they're uh, trying to sell. I'm glad you brought up Halo, okay? <laughs> like, because I actually think they they are really effective, and I don't think they're trying to like give you this bait and switch of like this is what Halo is going to be like now. Usually, there's a pretty clear distinction between like the game we're making and then these are our trailers. But a lot of these trailers uh, and the ones that really stand out in my mind were the ones that were kind of going for that um like oral history of the war against yeah. the Covenant uh, vibe, yeah. mm-hmm. where it's like, where is Master Chief? Whatever happened to that guy? Like it's sort of like you know Superman has vanished from the earth, and mm-hmm. uh, you know we're left with this legacy that we have to puzzle out and it's these interviews with veterans and it's very like based on band of brothers people talking about their memories of fighting the covenant and what they're trying what they're sort of putting down there's this idea that like no this is this is serious 
shit. Like this isn't like the, at least for the purposes of these trailers, this wasn't the great Muppet war of, you know, the far future. This was like a generation defining struggle uh, to stave off this, this alien menace. And then the games never really do anything with that at all. Like once the game starts, it's straight back to, you know, master chief is the King badass and, maybe there's other characters introduced that are like also doing stuff in this universe now, but in terms of tone, I don't think it ever really gets anywhere near this idea that, um, there's real weight or stakes to the, the to the story in this universe. I think, it, I think that that series has stakes because the, the stakes are always like the world, the universe is going to blow up. The halo ring is going to destroy us, whatever, but it doesn't have like personal connections to anybody besides master chief Cortana. And then like whoever the, the admiral of choices that, that is, a, you know, that is a major keys or whoever is, is the person in that given entry. Um, I think it's like a difference in focus more than like, it's not a goofy game. Do you know what I mean? Like those games do take their fiction seriously about the prophets and the truth and the arbiter and all that stuff. But it's a different sort of serious. It's serious in the sci-fi original takes itself seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, in which it's like the plot is important. The, pl- like the plot events are things you're supposed to care deeply about, not about characterization, not about everyday soldiers with exception, right? Like I think you look at, um, ODST. O- yes, ODST, which is like, okay, at least these are just like, here are these five people. And even then, I don't it's think... It's a cast it, of Firefly, though. It is. Yeah, That's it what I'm is. saying. Even then, I don't think it goes all the way to where it where we would like it to go, or where the marketing kind of gestures at. Um, but also, that marketing is about... That marketing isn't even about those games. That marketing is about Halo as like a lifestyle. It's about like, <laughs> strap in, you love Halo, you, you can play the Halo video game, you can watch these cool ads, watch our short film, read our books, read the comics, put a Covenant laser sword on your wall, like live the life of Halo. Um, and in the same way that like having the, the, the beam sword or whatever that thing is called, why well, don't I remember the name of the laser sword in, in Halo? Anyway, in the same way as like buying that doesn't represent Halo, those ads are, are almost for like reactivating a base that just generally has a lot of enthusiasm more than like reaching out there are there are obviously exceptions to this like i think the finish the fight stuff around halo 3 some of that was definitely broadened out in scope just be like look at this cool master chief as he like has on a cloak and then he throws down a bubble shield you ain't seen shit like this before but a lot of that like hyper serious stuff around the edges is just almost meant to be consumed on its own or maybe it's not meant to be but but that's the way i've seen it used is like i see halo fans i know reference that stuff the way you might reference a like a b-side on one of your favorite albums like it's not necessarily the core experience but it is an experience in and of itself for for those who are that committed yeah it's weird all the halo stuff is oh i'm sorry go ahead that's it. I said oh. it's weird. <laughs> it is. It is weird. Well, speaking of weird, it, the whole Halo discussion has sort of reminded me of uh, being bummed that the tone or the mechanics didn't kind of go all the way. This isn't a, uh, oh, it was completely false to what ended up being in the game, but more like, a, man, it wouldn't have been great if, you know, X happened. And that was <laughs> those early Bioshock Infinite uh, trailers that showed, uh, you know, there was one that showed Elizabeth, uh, the sort of main character who can tear through the universe tearing into an alternate history like 1983 mm-hmm. there was a whole thing about like oh one of the core mechanics of this game is going to be tearing through reality creating alternate timelines this whole thing that like yes okay i guess that was kind of in the game sure uh but not, like, it re- not like... how they pitched it though you're right exactly I mean, the, the, yeah. those previous trailers were like blatant 
misrepresentations of the game yeah. that that shipped. Which you know, it's one thing if it ships and we're like, hey, they go, hey, by the way, like this game changed <laughs> a lot in mm-hmm. order to get it out. Like, but that like one, no one's ever going to do that. Two, like <laughs> uh, it, it, it basically like those trailers are lies. That game is not the game that came out like that like right. whole cloth mechanics did not are not in that like i think it's like 2012 like whatever that famous the debut trailer, trailer. Yeah. Yeah. that got yeah. like all the awards and i was i saw one i saw that quote-unquote demo and it looked fucking incredible like i i came out of being like all right like they're gonna do this like it's gonna be that's gonna this is gonna be a thing and i'm super stoked for it and like uh, that that is not the even like take apart the story stuff right like if, if the, the the game they mechanically shipped was has nothing to do with that i wrote a piece uh for kotaku a couple of years back about how e3 demos are made and i spoke with uh sean elliott who was one of the senior designers yeah. um on that uh, specifically about that demo and all the things that like went wrong the moment they went home and said hey we're gonna let's go make that game like one of the key things that happened at bioshock infinite of which you could probably write a whole book about the development of bioshock infinite yes, maybe someone I, someone will um <laughs> but uh one of the key things he told me was like they built the whole game on pc and the reason that game was going to sell anything was or at least the numbers that were going to justify its budget was that it had to come out on consoles and they were like oh we'll just build the game on pc to the spec that we want uh with the mechanics that we want to do and then like hand it to some porters and, like, they did that, and they found out, holy shit, this game cannot ship on these machines. And then, outside, you know, outside of all sorts of other reasons that game had to change, uh, that was one of the the early big ones. Was like, actually, the game we have built on PC, and this is common, let's, like, I want to make it clear, building a game on PC and then it's brought down to consoles, like, that is extremely uh, common in game development. Um, but what happened with them was, like, they bit off way more they could chew, and then that game couldn't uh could not run on consoles at like a you know at a frame rate that was ever going to be acceptable yeah so uh go watch uh the uh the video that uh austin wrote about a couple of weeks back about far cry 2 and far cry 5 by a youtube creator called uh Kroby cat he did a uh excellent uh piece a uh, video feature about um bioshock infinite in which uh he through, through no commentary at all We'll show you why uh, those trailers were blatant lies for what the game did ultimately. <laughs> Kobe Cat stuff. That, oh, god! I was very briefly. Kobe Cat stuff is is interesting, uh, explicitly because a lot of what they do is that sort of here is what the marketing is and then here's mm-hmm. what you get at the end yeah. uh, and i think i think probably i you know i don't know I, I made that i wrote that piece and then i got a lot of responses that were like oh this person's like super toxic and i was like oh shit like i did a google search and didn't find shit about anything um and a lot of the argument was like uh a lot of their videos like this one's good but the far cry one was good is what people were saying but like right. a lot of those videos take things out of context or 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 um kind of find sound clips to really emphasize the the overemphasize some of the differences between early promises and, and eventual release but or whatever. I don't, I don't think his but, general thesis is wrong. Right. Like, right. Uh, like that might be true. And like, yeah, he's trying to make a you know he's doing a thing on YouTube like like <laughs> yeah. shock like it's it prone to hyperbole to, to stand out. Um, but I the general thesis of what he's working on is like underexplored and right. under uh, discussed. And so like I'm willing to generally like let that go to a certain degree because he actually. Often, does, like his Switch video he did is bad. The Switch right. did not have like a super bad launch with like every machine being broken, and that video has like thirty five million views. bullshit. Right? Yeah, yeah. it's right. total bullshit. Like he was wrong on that. He he exploited uh, something, uh, you know, a, a hoop, and he jumped through it. Uh, but like a lot of his work, like even if you disagree with uh, you know some of the decisions he makes and the content, like tends to expose w- sort of what we're talking about here, um, generally speaking. 
Right. Yeah. And the Bioshock one, from what I recall, is like, yep, yeah, this is this is yeah. the distinction between the game that shipped and that early promise. Massive, massive. Yeah, I was. I just wanted to note that a lot of that early teaser, which, yeah, that was my first E3, so I was very easy to please. Uh, no, it wasn't my first <laughs> E3. It was like my second E3. It was early on in my actually sort of going to press events uh, right. you know, career uh, in that portion. And a lot of that was about the skyhook stuff. A lot of the yes. sort of sky combat using the sort of roller coaster rails to do a whole. It was like an immersive sim on a roller coaster, which yeah. you can only imagine how excited uh he's uh, uh, even more easily impressed Danielle was at that point. <laughs> well, like that specific trailer showed a lot of stuff as being systemic that yes. would eventually become scripted, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, and also like way more vertical. Like that that opening that that uh, trailer from I think it's E three twenty eleven has so much verticality, and it it presents the feeling that you will be going through these big open areas that are not just like. Not just wide, which is what most of them ended up being, but yeah. tall in a meaningful way, and that there's lots of and also dense. That like, oh, this is like a big living city, and I'm going to explore it using these sky hooks. And in fact, it, it ended up being a lot more about arenas than about like open world areas. Yeah. Um, and yeah, also there's like I'm, I have it running in my in on my screen right now, and there's so <laughs> many mechanics that again are just things that like Elizabeth does to change the effect Rinks of to, like the that world you could right yeah, in the middle yeah. of a fight as a way to like tilt the the battle, and like yeah, that happens when they said it would. It's not like a thing that's like she just does it as an AI character whenever she thinks it's a good call. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she found ammo somewhere. She didn't open a tear in the universe, oh and now God. you have a new timeline, and there's a new you know. Well, she, Danielle, where do you think she bullets. found that? Why do you think? Where do you think she found that ammo? That's what I'm saying, though. They're yeah. like saying, "Oh, it's so cool because she went those to are, another world for it." Those are like, 1983. Can't we just go to the other world? Oh, goddamn it! 1983 Sorry. bullets, right there. I know. You know, I, they're way more powerful. I mean, yeah. they would be right, but I, I oh. guess Revenge of the Jedi was in was in theaters instead of Return of the Jedi. So it was in all. History 1983. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I just still want that game. You know, yeah, one day. That's fair. That's fair. Some modder will have amazing, you know, Unity 27. <laughs> It'll be easy to make this. And I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, the better, one other yeah. uh, major example I definitely wanted to touch on was not just when marketing is sort of uh, telling, I guess, suppose an exciting story, but also that it like sucks a little bit and actually gets people in hot water. And the first thing I thought of for that was uh, the Augs Lives Matter. Uh, marketing campaign for uh, Deus Ex. It wasn't Human Revolution. It was Mankind Divided, I think. It was the one that came out in uh, 2014, I want to say. Maybe 2015. Um, we were here, so it had to be. 2016, actually. Yeah, we were, it was 2016. That game oh, came out while wow. Patrick and I were at Vice. So, wow. Yeah. Time is wild. But that, that ad would have been 2014 or 2015 for sure. Yeah. That that debut. Okay. Yeah, that was that's an example where... First of all, the story it was telling was a potentially interesting story. It just was done in such a horrible, insensitive way. Using the language of Black Lives Matter is, wow, fuck you, uh, first of all, I suppose. But but also, that game's politics are actually really meek and really, you know, it, it, a little bit of a, of a Far Cry 5 situation uh, where, you know, the thing that was being presented was, wow, what a radical concept, right? We're, we're talking about an actual... A divide in the species and there's genuine like you know uh commentary here about class and class warfare uh but ended up being kind of uh eh, you know a little mm. bit meek a little bit weak in its arguments it didn't really say much uh so that's mm. i feel like that's an example of this uh of what uh our, our our reader greg and helsinki is talking about here with far cry 5 but also like this was actively 
bad in other ways. Like this is actively sort of like co-opting language. And then they double down. I remember there's a whole thing where they double down on the language uh. that was like, oh no, we didn't get this from Black Lives Matter. They just that just happened independently, and it was like, Bruh. yeah, that was bad. Well, yeah. The thing that I actually kind of felt um, a, a uniquely different way, which was that like I was really mad at that that uh, I'm mad, but I was like really like unimpressed by that um, that marketing, and just thought like like you said, like mis- misappropriation yeah. of something that is incredibly serious uh, in a in a work that has already has a lot to to do like a lot of a lot of work to do a lot of a very difficult job and then i played that game and like i i didn't finish mankind divided i didn't love it um but it had some stuff going on and i think that there were a couple of early game things that actually uh on their own were being very subtle and very nuanced about about um you know kind of relationships between different identities uh especially specifically because of of where that game t- took place and like um it was kind of a, a was, you play in Prague and and there's a lot of racial and and national politics at play that that yeah. layer on top of the politics around in that game kind of augmentation um and there was some interesting stuff happening there uh I don't know, along class lines too and i just kept kept feeling like man I, I bet that there were writers on that game who saw that material and were just like, "Yo, fuck this!" And I can't believe that they are that they are doubling down in this way that makes it less likely for someone to engage critically with the work we're doing. Um, and uh, that stuff's always a bummer because, like, I know that people who make games are working really hard on them, and you know, it doesn't always mean that what they make is great. But I, I can, I can very easily imagine being in a situation where it's like. I busted my ass to do this the right way, and then some marketing team walked in and decided to do it this other shittier way, you know? Yeah. It's almost um, like an opposite situation in this case. Then. Right, uh, right, not, right. Maybe not all the way opposite, but like no. somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, if we don't have any more examples, do, do you folks have any more examples? I can I can read a question bucket otherwise? or I mean, I, I'm shocked none of us have talked about No Man's Sky. Oh, God. Um, and I didn't want to be the one to bring up No Man's Sky <laughs> because I like go. No Man's Sky because I, I – that was a weird situation you, for me. You liked it in spite of it, right? Like like you would you would both acknowledge that what they pitched was a far different than what they shipped and yet you liked what I have they shipped a, anyway. I have, uh, I have a very – my experience – if I like, if I'm being deeply honest with my with with what my experience was watching those trailers and stuff, is is not a very sympathetic one, uh, and so I'm I'm going to phrase things very carefully, which is to say, I like I'll talk about my experience. I watched that initial trailer, and then I went to their website and I read the pitch, and I pretty much got what I thought I would get from that game. I didn't expect as much crafting. Um, but I absolutely thought it was going to be – I mean, I actually did I did expect some crafting. Um, the way that that game was initially pitched included, like, a lots about losing resources. There's lots of, like, vague references to a sort of structure of, like, trying to get to the center of – not that vague. Trying to get to the center of the <laughs> galaxy uh, and losing things if you failed and, like, kind of losing resources if you failed. Um, it It – the the early pitch seemed to be a walking simulator or like maybe not a simulate walking simulator but like not a game that was heavily about combat um or factions and i knew that i saw that trailer was like man this is going to be a cool way for me to like chill out and relax and i never had my hopes raised to something that was not 
the thing it ended up being. Um, and so if you go back and listen to me on the Giant Bomb or the Giant Bombcast or the Giant Beastcast at the time, you can hear me explain what I think that game is going to be. Um, and it ended up being kind of in line with, or, or if you go watch old stream French streams, it ended up being really in line with what I thought it would be. And so I didn't have the experience of kind of feeling like, I was also very skeptical of lots of their, of, of their pitch in some way. So maybe I also had that benefit, which is that like, I was doing my master or my PhD research on procedural gender, like one of the chapters was on procedurally generation and marketing and like trying to sell the idea of the forever game. And so I kind of was already skeptical of it. And I kind of felt because of that felt like I knew what it would be. And then it was kind of the thing that I thought it would be. And so when I got that thing, I liked it a lot. Um, but I did see again and again, people saying like, I'm only going to play this game for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah. this game is going to have so many great, like cool faction systems. Um, it's going to have multiplayer and like they did a bad job of not saying straight out that that game was not going to be multiplayer, like bad, bad job, Sean Murray on not just saying, no, it's not going to have multiplayer the way you're thinking of it at all. Like should have said that right away. Um, but at the same time there, for me, there was a degree of looking at that and lots of people filling in the gaps with what they really hoped they would be there. Um, and sort of, I don't know. I think it's being too, way too generous. I don't know. Like it's just, the, it's just not my experience. Like I can't lie and what, say, what, so I, what, that what years I, ago, say, what, I thought that game was going to be something. It wasn't like, I just didn't have, I'm not experience. saying, I'm not saying you, I'm just saying like, I, I'm in the other camp. They're like, saw those trailers. Like the, the trailers, they allowed people to fill in the gaps. They allowed, yeah, totally. They, 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 they allowed people to dream up a game and at no point tempered expectations and at no point said, actually, this is what the game is. And so, yes, it is, pro- it is, it is on all sorts of people who allowed that marketing, including myself, to work on them. But they rode that wave disingenuously. Being I, I like, think, yeah. Th- like, we're, we're going to let people dream because we're like, and that, and no point saying like, actually, your dream is wrong. Here's actually the game we're building and the game you think is coming. Like, maybe we can do that in five years because we're going to keep working on this game or, and that's what they've, they've since done. They've yes. managed to temp, tamper that down by like the game comes out. People think actually this was a misleading <laughs> marketing campaign for the last three years and it's not the game that actually they, they ended up shipping. Uh, and it seems like they're going to build towards that. And I wouldn't be surprised if No Man's Sky of like, 2022 is like a more in line with like people's dream of what that game was but like absolutely they rode like a wave of dis- disingenuous dreams about that game when it, at some point they should have come in and said hey that's hard like what are you gonna do like actually like the game that you're excited about doesn't exist but but i don't even they- know what that game is like this is the thing that was so hard for me watching people get excited about that thing was like what's the so, so like I've looked at what people well, have come out and said well I expected planets that weren't fucking boring like I expected why? like but but why did you think that nothing, because what, that was what literally they, the whole no, bitch of that game show was like, you, but what did they show you at any point that wasn't that was interesting do you know what I mean like they showed you animals walking around and they showed you like pretty planets like I, because you the, expect you expect like anything else like this is 5% of what's but, actually but that's, so there that's, that's the thing that's difficult is like how do they show you that there isn't something else there right well, so then, then they didn't so, so I want to be clear that they didn't so yes yeah, so I think holding Murray account to account when it comes to interviews is like 100% on point but when I see people go at that trailer and it's like there the there wasn't a crashed freighter in the launched game like Motherfucker, if there was a crash, I, there's, those crash traders are in there now. They didn't make that game good if what you were looking for. But that's was indicative of like, like the larger thing, right? Like the, the lack of those things 
is indicative of a larger lie perpetuated by the marketing and especially the interviews. I think of the interviews game. are bad. Mm. I think the interviews are. I'm 100 with you. I think like there's lots of room where what he could have said was, "What we're making is this like kind of a hardcore survival thing that has uh, a, a lot of atmosphere and a lot of empty space, and like it's about enjoying that and about traversing it and trying to survive." But uh, but they, and they didn't do that. So I'm with you completely there. But I but there's just like so much. There was so much belief that it was going to be this like triple a story driven they never show characters in those trailers do you so, know what i mean and i don't know how you i don't know how you dis i don't know how you say this game is not going to have characters besides putting out a trailer that doesn't have characters in it you know what i mean like there's a point here as well that i think gets lost in a lot of the discussion of like where we all kind of were when that trailer dropped that was in the middle of e3 and e3 is bullets no, and that and was not it was no, the original trailer no. was a, a Jeff Keighley Game Awards. Yeah, thing. it was a very funny experience because that that was Keighley plus who Wait, was the what? co-host that year? Oh, Joel McHale. Yeah, Joel McHale, who was like no selling everything, who hated everything, who was like taking pot shots at the whole event. And that trailer drops and Joel McHale, if you go back and watch like the extended that moment, Joel McHale's like, oh, shit. That looks dope. Like he just his entire facade of his like dis his disinterested like asshole persona falls apart. Um, and then they bring on Sean Murray to pitch the game. And like right away, that is where maybe they could have Murray could have explained what that game was going to be. Yeah. And I wonder if they even knew at that point what that game was going to be, or if that was a situation that was. And that's on them for not being clearer about it. Sorry, for you're sure. totally you're totally right. Sorry, I, I for whatever reason had it in my brain as an E3 thing. But still, I only it, remember it blowing up much- E3 too. Yeah, I uh, no, it was it was right away at that VGX Awards because it was like the VGX Awards that didn't have a live audience and Twitter exploded at that right. initial trailer. But the, the, the point still stands that like it was surrounded by a bunch of shit that oh, kind of yeah. looked like, oh, yeah, it's a video game. And this looked like this is sci fi book covers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it just looked so different and so well, beautiful in so many ways that I think how much it stood out at the time is a massive part of why it it caused a splash at all and i think it it, also reveals i think it also revealed that we were in the middle of this love this kind of like love in around proc gen around procedural Mm -hmm. generation Mm -hmm. where like games like spelunky and and rogue legacy and uh, binding of isaac had opened up this idea of wow computers can do infinity exactly (laughs) which is like why when that that initial trailer hits uh or no it is the e3 trailer that then says like every atom every no no it isn't it's this initial one it's like every cloud procedural every tree procedural every rock procedural animal exactly and and so eventually i i think that like part of that comes from not necessarily understanding what that means or what the limits of that are or like what the strengths of that that sort of terminology are um and what we needed was a game that it's a little bit closer to what they have now, which is one that had some handcrafted shit in there too. It's why I'm so excited for uh, uh, Outer Wilds, which is like, what if No Man's Sky, but a single solar system with like handcrafted puzzles and adventure game elements and stuff like that. Because I think a lot of people will respond well to that because what people want isn't a ship next to some red grass on the ocean. Like that game exists. That It does. It That just wasn't that interesting, which I think is a much harder thing to contend with then it didn't have some features that it never said it had in the trailers um and that murray danced around admittedly throughout the entire press cycle for that game 
What is he doing? I feel like he's still hidden. They're still there. The he's world. being quiet, I think, yeah. kind of smartly and letting <laughs> yeah. letting the game and its updates speak for themselves, which is the right fucking move at this point, you know? Yeah. Um I'm very curious about what they do for this for No Man's Sky next, which we'll presumably get some details at around E3, you know? Yeah. Fair. Uh the last one I wanted to mention was Shaq Fu. Uh mm. I don't know if y'all remember Shaq Fu. I remember the original Shaq Fu? Yes, the original Shaq Fu. Was there a, a trailer problem it, with or a It a, was partially the trailer and it was partially like Was this like just a the sort ad of campaign in general? And, and and this isn't exactly just, you know, the trailer and the marketers made something really amazingly cool, but my god, the hype for that game and then the disappointment, I just I can't I can't let Shaq Fu go, okay? It was, it Did was you, not great. I need you to tell me about your hype for Shaq Fu. I really liked Shaq as a 10-year-old. I uh, He's tall. He was a tall dude. He was. I liked basketball, and I liked Shaq, and I was 10. <laughs> and anything that Shaq was in, I was going to uh, attempt to uh, watch. Let Although me... I never saw Kazam, which is Shazam, whatever it's called. I'm sorry. Wait, which one, is the, which one is the Mandela effect Shazam. one, and which one's not? Which one's the real Shazam, one? Shazam doesn't exist. Shazam is the one with Sinbad that doesn't exist. Right. That's okay. one that doesn't no, exist. Shazam will exist in 20. 20- 19 oh my god when it comes out starring the guy from uh oh what is that damn it's one of the dc movies i can't remember who's in it fuck uh yeah that's that's right because that's what is that what they're calling because i can't call it captain marvel right yeah no yeah it's Shazam. Shazam. who the fuck oh who's that guy he was in that nbc show where he's a spy and he's paired with the the hot girl uh, yeah, which which uh, possible no show idea. could that be? I am Chuck, sorry, Chuck. Chuck's an unusual concept for a network show. Zachary Zachary uh, Levi. 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 Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. He's playing. He's playing Captain Marvel. He's playing Shazam. Yeah, yeah. Good. Oh boy, great. That's okay. That's okay. I'm just still mad. I mean, I guess the, one of the interesting things about you bring up Shaq Fu is like. So much of what we've talked about is the modern era of games press and games like the the games press cycle of E3 video game trailer. But I think growing up, we absolutely had this with with like magazine ads also oh, yeah. um, magazine ads, boxes, back of boxes, um, all sorts of ways in which like the the marketers uh, who, who built the sort of uh, ephemera around the game could try to communicate something to you. I remember looking at that, the, was the phalanx game box with the old man oh, with God, the, yes. with the banjo. Do you know the what I'm talking man, about? Yes. I think that was oh, phalanx. I'd be like, what is this game? Um, and obviously the back of the box is like, oh, it's a, it's a shoot 'em up. It's a, it's a shmup. Uh, he's got like a banjo and overalls and oh my the God, but like, the hyper speed out shootout in space is like the, the box uh-huh. quote itself. Uh, but like, that's an interesting take. That's like, this game is, has nothing to do about this old man holding a banjo, but is very much trying to get you to pay attention to it instead of the 30 other games next to it on the shelf that have spaceships, right? Yeah. I so. mean, I guess it, I guess it worked if you bought Felix. Yeah, I didn't. So maybe it didn't work in retrospect. <laughs> fair. Yeah. Very so fair. So it goes. God. Okay. Well, if there are no others, uh, Rob, Robert Patrick, do you have any other specials nope no nothing they go. all right all right you got it i'm gonna read a cool story <clears throat> uh for the question bucket uh, we had a few quite a few of those make your own fun ones and this was a, a really cute story that i wanted to uh i wanted to throw 
Also, because it was a Time Splitters 2 related story, which is like, man, Time Splitters 2 was amazing. God, the Time Splitters series. Make, that's something I would enjoy a reboot, but <clears throat> excuse me. Going on too far here. Uh, we got a, I believe this came from, wait, I don't have their name. I will put it in the show notes just in case. Uh, quick response to the call for making your own fun. I'm not sure if this counts since the mode exists in the game to begin with, but I have only the fondest memories spent creating some house rules multiplayer horror with friends in Time Splitters 2. For y'all who haven't played, Time Splitters 2 is one of the few GameCube era shooters to have intense have an intensive level editor for multiplayer, meaning that almost every aspect, maps, lighting, AI, bots, rules, etc., could be created by a user and saved for future use. One of those multiplayer modes was called Virus, a kind of tag where a physical touch or kill spread a virus of sickly green flame to another player. My friends made a house rule banning weapons, meaning the only ways to escape the infected players were to run or hide. Everything changed for us. One of my more architecturally gifted friends started uh, creating twisting labyrinths of dead ends, sheer cliffs, and teleporters that were nearly impossible to navigate from a first-person perspective. Packed with a maximum number of AI, this turned the mode into a ghastly game of hide-and-seek. What followed became some of my fondest and most frightening experiences I've had in my gaming career. At the start of every round, we would try and hide from the AI, one of which would always start with a virus. Each time another bot was infected, you'd hear a scream, meaning that we'd sit huddled in a corner, listening of the cries slowly becoming more numerous and come closer and closer to our hiding spots. One of their eerily glowing AI, uh, when they crossed our line of vision and made a beeline towards us, we would need to flee, trying furiously to keep a mental map of the maze while sprinting away. This took on another dimension when a human got infected, as suddenly your friend or friends could see your screen and would start uh, combing through hiding spots, moving faster and hunting more aggressively than a bot ever could. The only escape was to keep moving and pray. A dead end meant you'd have to juke your pursuer, a teleporter could beam you away, and so on. Flickering lights and an ambient soundtrack meant we'd had many late nights filled with adrenaline and suspense. I don't think I've ever gripped a GameCube controller so tightly. <laughs> we never touched the deathmatch modes or normal maps again. It was, in a word, amazing. And I'm going to just uh, search my inbox to make sure we get that uh, that good friend. Uh, this is from Ben, Reader Ben, who sent that in. Thank you, Ben, because that was, that was beautiful. My God, that's great. I love hearing I keep, about that stuff. Yeah, me too. I keep thinking about that stuff, uh, even though we did that episode weeks ago now, because I keep like vaguely remembering various times or something will pop in my, my mind where I think about like having a friend over to do that exact sort of thing and like figure out a mode that either a set of settings in, in Perfect Dark or something else that was like, this isn't like I just remembered thinking about Perfect Dark that I used to try to mi- build a mode based on the Matrix, revol- not Revolution. What's the second one? Reloaded? I think it's reloaded. <laughs> With like yes. where I had like the, one of the models in Perfect Dark, one of the 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 AI model, one of the models you could use or that you could give to a sim uh, was like all white everything with like blonde like maybe not dreadlocked hair but basically they looked like the twins from yes. the matrix reloaded <laughs> and i absolutely made a mode that was like those two and then a bunch of like other schmucks that represented the merovingians people or were agents um and set up different you know uh, ai levels and styles and weapons and stuff and just was like this is my matrix game i, I made it inside of perfect dark uh oh i was God. very very into the matrix as a, as a teen so you know oh, that's so good that's so good. I used to even I, I did something like that with Perfect Dark, but it was never at nearly as cool as what you're yeah. describing. I just enjoyed playing with the variables and messing around with you know ridiculous things. But I would 
I just always tested the limits of anything I could do. And like Goldeneye, I would see if I could shoot out every single light and see how right, I could right. get it in the level. And then also uh, what objects I could kind of move around and like manipulate so I could make a giant stack of the computers and things like that. It's it's very like not surprising with how much I like immersive sims and just yeah. dicking around basically. But man, that stuff is good. I like it. I like hearing about when people actually made it for a purpose like these, <laughs> like Ben and uh, Ben's friends did. So. Awesome. I think that's probably about going to do it for us. As always, you can send your questions to gamingatvice.com with the subject question. Shout outs, as always, to Bowen for letting us use his track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. We're on Twitter at Waypoint. We're on Facebook at Waypoint Vice. And we're on YouTube at Waypoint Vice. And uh, you should go to YouTube and check out the video review for God of War that just went up as we were recording. So it'll be. Oh, nice. It'll be up for you all uh, to watch and enjoy. Patrick did an amazing <laughs> job. On that review, you Patrick, did it amazing. You edited it, so or you I, edited I the edit. video. Yeah, I did nice edit. Work. But Patrick, how's your life now that you're not reviewing God of War? I guess I should ask. Yeah, fucking reviewing games is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> True. It takes a lot out of you. It's a weird thing. It's a weird. It's, thing. Well, the, the the big thing is that uh, I can't stay up till like three in the morning anymore. Yeah, right. Like that was right. like when you just need like if if I could had just a couple of nights from just. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna pull the ripcord, yep. and I'm just gonna. I'm gonna get through this game. Especially it's a long game. Like you know, whatever. A game's twelve hours long. Like I can find a way to do that in a week pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, a thirty-hour game that it's weird. Like because games like that, when you review them, uh, you don't. You want to try and get as close to a normal playthrough as possible. Obviously, like you're playing it more hours in a day than a lot of like normal people might be. But you also don't want to be like, hey, I'm gonna skip all this side stuff because right. I need to get to the end of the story. Um, so balancing all that is is tough, and I'm I'm glad people enjoyed it. I'm really proud of the the piece that I wrote, and uh, I, th- I think we're trying to do something a little bit different with the the you know I think we like when Austin and I talked about the site when we started I was like fuck reviews we're not doing that, <laughs> and then I think the way we've come around on it is like well what if like reviews are a vehicle for like the critical follow up essay? Mm-hmm. What if you do that in the review? Yeah. And uh, I, I like what we're I like what we're doing with them so far. So uh, yeah, hopefully people uh, will like them too. If oh, you yeah. missed it, uh, Rob and Patrick. Uh, so Patrick did the read in the podcast feed. So if in case you like are looking at your your podcast right now, your your app, or you're not looking at it right now, you just hit play and we started playing from today. <laughs> the previous thing in the feed is the God of War review uh, in which Patrick does a reading of it, and then afterwards he and Rob have a really good conversation. So make sure to to listen to that. Definitely. And also, of course, uh, you can read it and read everything we do on waypoint.vice.com. And we really do appreciate it when you read our words as well as listen to our voices. It makes us very happy. Uh, thank you all. Patrick, where can people find you online? I guess we should do that. I mean, at Patrick Klopik. Amazing. Austin, how about you? At Austin underscore Walker. And Rob, how about you? At Rob Zachney. Amazing. I'm at Danielle R.I. And I'm very happy it's Friday. And I thank you so much for listening to Waypoint Radio. And I remind you to please... Be good and be good at it. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 